Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia, 101.9 FM, CITR.ca online. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Anamazenheimer. And tonight's show is a LA Whitecaps post-game show. Yep, we're going to talk about the, the great game that we had during the week, but... Sadly, only for a couple of minutes. Then we have to talk about whatever the hell that was this afternoon at BC Place. I'm still not really sure. I'm all for just talking about Game of Thrones for two hours, but I don't think you guys have had a chance to watch it yet. No, not yet. Because stuck in Vancouver, decide not to go back to the over the border. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By border, you mean river? River, border, right. bridge. You, do, you don't want to go back to the Fraser Valley? No, no. Right. no nobody does. Nobody does. No. I don't. And I live there. <laughs> Disappointing. Oh, to say the least. Is, yeah, is a, a nice word it, for it. It was, it was a little embarrassing. It yes. Felt, yeah, like it, to lose to that side with that starting 11, with uh, maybe you can explain. I haven't been able to read too much yesterday or today, but I don't. How do they bring in some of those players to their team? Like how? when you have just 14 players on your bench, you're allowed to bring up some emergency loans. So. They had available players, had 14 available players. Actually, they had 15 available players, but three of them were goalkeepers. So they only had 14 available players. So there are 11 and three on the bench. So that lets you bring in emergency loans. We had an emergency loan. Spencer Ritchie was an emergency loan. We've seen keepers before, but But we've never seen it with players. But I've never seen as many unavailable players due to suspension, injuries, and international duty. one of the call-ups did get a few minutes at the end. He's a dirty bugger. It's like he should have had two bookings, (laughs) I think, in the few minutes that he was on the pitch. That was was a shove. Tim Parker. Yes, that was right in front of me. Yeah, then there was an elbow thrown as well. It's like, I'd I'd have sent him off. But then at the same time, I would also have gone down and said to Valeri, you've got a concussion, mate. You can't go any further. <laughs> yes, we, the, don't, we don't play goalie. I mean, doctors on the sideline, but I wish we did. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let, let's just, let's kick things off with a little bit of happier things. <laughs> we won a game midweek against LA. We're not going to talk too much about that, but it was... It was what a professional I felt, win. Yeah, it was what I felt was a turning point. Yeah. Because you've gone down. Yeah, LA are a pile of crap this year. 
No, no other words. I, for it. I, it's still well, not easy. The word, I think the word you forgot was steaming. But it's still not easy to win down there. It no, won't be, won't well, be. it has been for every other team bar one this year. Yeah. But, um, but not for the Whitecaps. No, no matter where they are. We have struggled down there. We only had one win. We didn't have Darren Maddox to to carry the team on his back to get us over the line. I was a little bit concerned. Well, he didn't get us over the line. It was Kakuda who got us over the line in the past. Yeah. Well, according to Darren, it was Darren. Oh. <laughs> Even he after he left, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did well today. He, he did Jamaica. amazing. He's a gold cup final. Absolutely amazing. I will have some gold cup chat in the in the later part of this show. But let's just quickly go back to LA. It was a workmanlike performance. I actually felt they should have had more than a one 0 win. Yeah, and the thing is, is it was great because they they had the performance before New York. Uh, I mean, against New York on home, and then they essentially had two weeks off. Were you expecting them to, you know, get come back maybe rusty or something like that? Not with rusty, but rusty. <laughs> um, and then they came back and they actually put in the effort. They got the goal and they won the game. Two and Chani with a perfect goal on yeah. that set piece. Uh, that was poor goalkeeping. Very. <laughs> it very, was a perfect it, road goal where right, you did right. what you needed no, to do I, to get yeah. the goal. His technique was right down into the ground with the header, but that was that was almost David Osted at Minnesota bad. Yeah, or worse, yeah. probably worse. Brian Rowe is no Jake Gleason. No, definitely not. Oh my. That's right. He doesn't. Oh, I That's say. one place where the Galaxy don't spend there, money. <laughs> anyway. That was the early game. It filled me with a lot of hope. Yeah. Then we watched and then, cause Portland this, implode against Salt Lake, exactly. which filled me with even more hope. And two red cards that night. Yeah. And so two you're thinking it's going red cards as well. That second one was shocking. Yeah. Addy's, like, it was yeah. shocking. No excuse for that. Like, you know your team is already short, and then you've got two stupid moves like that that, that makes them even shorter. So heading into this game today, I have to admit, I was... Overly confident, apparently, and I think rightly so. I think apparently the all the players were too. Yeah, it was not a game for the ages. It was not a performance for the ages from the Whitecaps. Portland, I feel rightly so, will hold this as a game for the ages. When you've got a derby, especially when you're on the road, any away win in a derby game feels special. It's huge. Yeah, when you go. To your fierce rivals, undermanned, depleted squad, academy call-ups, well, USL call-ups. You're playing a team that's just come off a big win, and you come away with a win like that, going ahead twice. Because when we tied it up before half-time, I was fully confident we were going ahead. Yeah. Second half, steamroll of them. They played a great game. And I really hate to give credit to Caleb Porter and I hate to give credit to Portland, but they were excellent today. They did what they needed to do and I feel they were probably deserved winners because of how they managed the game. Yeah, Jake Gleason pulled out a number of good saves. I just don't think we deserve to get a win out of that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, the performance was not worthy of a point even. It was that disappointing and... And I think I think going into the game, a point would have been considered a loss at, the, at that totally, time. Totally, yeah, totally. But through the entire second half, I think most people were like, or at least the last twenty minutes of the second half, people were like, "Well, we we're going to at least get a point of this. That's, that would be yeah. happy." But no, that would make us happy. But and no. we did have the chances to to get the point. We have to say that. Oh yeah, Jake Gleason. 
had three at least fantastic saves throughout the game. Fantastic. The one off Brickshay was the, the game saver. Was, was it was a, okay. It, it was yes. It was a game saver save. It was not that difficult of a save. I felt. I've, I've seen. I'd like to see you do. It. Oh well. The, and then he had that save uh, where it went it was going towards the bottom post, um, yeah. heading towards there, and I think it was inside the post, and he was able to knock that away. And then just before the goal, he kept Chani out as well. Uh. Right. No, the the save at the end. Which I've seen multiple times on Sports Center loops or whatever tonight. Um, uh, I, yeah, he saved the game. Sure, he saved the game. Yeah. I don't think the uh, the difficulty of the save was not as high as I think some people are giving him credit for. There's been a lot of chatter on Twitter, as there always is, and we're going to come to some tweets and stuff later in the show. But I think the overriding feeling. I mean, we said disappointment, but the overriding feeling. This is the angriest I think I've seen a number of fans for quite a while. And considering how well we've done, and we beat New York, we beat LA, and everything looked to be going well. A lot of anger, and a lot of anger aimed towards Carl Robinson as well. And part of that is about the lineup. Was it the, the right lineup to put out there? Bearing in mind that Jordi Reyna clearly is not ready to go a full game yet. Well, listening to the pregame on the way in, uh, they talked about how it was a reward for their performance in L.A. So it was like, okay, you you helped us get this significant away result. You've earned the chance to get this significant home result. And so I, I, see, that, I see that thinking and I see the, the value in that thinking. And if, yeah, Jordy's not ready to go, then it, it makes some sense. Uh, I think I think one of the one of the my, my, my one, own, wait, one yeah. of the most disappointing things I think bo- of both those games, of both Wednesday's and, and today's game, is probably for the people, and I love the dude, they're probably the people who are really high on Nico Mesquita getting lots of time. I, I love Nico as a person. I think he is a footballer that adds something to our squad. But I think the in both games, I don't think he contributed the way he does often when he comes on as a sub. My my only issue with your comment about rewarding the team for a, a performance beforehand, they've done that in the past and it usually bites them. So they need to stop that and figure out what's the best lineup instead of rewarding players for something. Right. Just to be so, cl- just to be clear, that wasn't my. No, no, I know, yeah, I know, right. I know. You're not saying it. I'm saying they need to stop that. Yeah. And, and they need to figure out what's the best lineup instead of just because they get a, a, a result on the road doesn't mean that's the right lineup to play at home or the right lineup to play against a certain team. And you just have to watch Hell's Kitchen. Whenever the winning team gets the reward, <laughs> they come back for the nighttime service, and they're not good. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good point. And I, I it's do, a pattern. I do feel someone like Gordon Ramsay, possibly in the White Caps bench, would get the best out of this. You've team. seen that clip of him playing in that charity game where he gets rocked by yeah. who's it, like Colin Hendry or someone? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember it, who it was did a it. pro that, yeah. that took him out, and the, yeah, he, he like did his knee or something. Like yeah. it was bad. He has talked himself up as to what a good player he was, right? And then he got cut down. Yeah, chopped down like a tree, like a timber, like a timber. Yeah. Let's look at the goals quickly. The the first one. I didn't I knew it was bad defending when I first saw it and I didn't really get a chance to to look too much into it during the game. Went home, watched Game of Thrones, 
then I started to kind of quickly go through the game just to, to look at the replay of it. Now, the first goal, ball comes in, great clearance by Parker to head it out. Ball comes to Blanco on the edge of the box. Four Whitecaps decide to go and close him down. You've got Harvey, Norwinsky, Laba. Can't remember who the other one was. It might even have been Parker. All four of them go to, to close Blanco down. Blanco doesn't shoot. He plays it out to Aspria, who then plays it into an absolutely unmarked... Ibo Bisi? Yeah, him. Okay. <laughs> that guy. He's a fourth of our pick this year. Right? Yeah. Unmarked in the middle. Easily slots home. When you look to point fingers at who should to be picking him up, it's kind of hard to tell. It's like Harvey was way the most out of the position because he was the first one to try and charge down Blanco. But Laba is just kind of just in no man's land, not even trying to close down or not even anticipating that the ball's going to come in from Aspria. Oh, no, I 100% agree. I, I, it was just they seemed to um, just shut down or, or just turn off the switch or something like that. And... It it needs to stop happening because that was too. When you're a, when you're playing against a central striker who's by himself, and you have two center backs, one of those center backs better be marking this guy. And this guy was way too open for that. The the Whitecaps <laughs> uh, uh, were able to you know they did come back in the later half of the second half. Finally, after a very long time, uh, it was a, a matter of mo- like a couple of efforts or whatever like that. And Gleason came up big one time on Shani, I think it was. Yeah. And then, the, and then the ensuing corner, that's the one where they scored. Yeah, and it was it was a nice header from Tim Parker. At first, I thought his header was going goal-bound and yeah. that he had another goal taken off him. But when you see it again, it wasn't yeah. going to be going in. Yeah. But great anticipation from Jacobson. When we first saw it, we thought he might have been offside. But he's but not? he's not. He runs okay. in. There's two Timbers defenders in yeah. front of him. Nice little finish. I've him. just seen the Portland goal. Yeah, that's a terrible goal to give away. But yeah, great finish. Uh, AJ, back post, get in there. Good, good play by by Timmy and that's, as well. That's yeah. the thing you need. You need people to go to the back post and go to the yeah. different middle, back, everywhere to get those well, rebounds. Although right. oh, that referee's assistant, like right away went in. I looked to make sure that he wasn't going to call him offside because I thought he got a few things wrong. I might be wrong because I don't have the greatest angle, but I thought he got a few things wrong tonight. Or there's a few things he didn't call tonight that were kind of awkward. So I was kind of expecting him to like. Yeah, there's a couple of free kicks I think he could maybe have given that that he didn't. But I mean, after that, as we said earlier, I thought that's it. I, I, I genuinely had felt and if we got a goal before half time you said, that was it and you said it too you proclaimed it in the yeah. press box yeah you proclaimed it in the press box I am the king <laughs> of Cascadia I heard I heard you saying taunting somebody that we were the kings of Cascadia I believe after the second goal yes yes yeah that's what you do mm. yeah that second goal that was a good goal it was a well worked goal nice little back heel from our our friend Ibo, Ibo EBC. Yeah, I'm never going to get that. I actually got it for once. Oh, <laughs> and then I mean, there's a great run by Blanco. Yeah, up he the wing, went a quite a bit of distance. Yeah, I didn't think he could run that much. Got it back, slotted home. Not really sure that you can point too many fingers at Whitecaps for that, that one. That, that was but that was a little bit of Laba. Yeah, I was unfortunate say, but knock. Laba. Yeah, but no. It wasn't even, and I, I, I don't think he played very well today. We'll talk about individual yeah. performance today. But he hit that ball, tried to get it away from him, but it unfortunately went right into Nowitzki. Lucky bounce for him. It went, came right back 
to Blanco who got into BC. BC back heel, it's in. But both but, of, sorry, go on, sorry. And, and like if you look at that, another bad bounce for the Whitecaps was uh, the one where Montero had that uh, ball over the top where he tried to poke it through, and he basically uh, he couldn't get it enough, and it just bounced and it died on the turf. There was no like forward momentum there where it could have gone in. It just bounced, died, and the game goal was over. There, there was a sure it was an unlucky bounce. However, it like you got kind of had two guys kind of dive in, and they got caught right, and so they yeah. they dove they in. Each other, they really. dove in and they didn't follow the run, and they got done. How many goals have we lost this year though by not following the runner? Because when I first saw it, I thought it was possibly someone hadn't tracked, and then. Of course, Blanco had the the run, so it wasn't that no one had tracked him back. But somebody should have been in that middle channel. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. that, that was disappointing. Very. And there was no more goals. There was chances for both teams. Portland are very, very happy with the win. Let's hear from both head coaches now. We'll hear a little bit first from Whitecaps coach Carl Robinson. I didn't get a chance to ask him anything today because Caleb Porter didn't come into the press conference room. I had, because MLS wanted a piece tonight on Porter, so I had to go to the Timbers locker room. So I didn't get a chance to ask Robo anything, but you did, Steve. Yep. So we hear from Robo first, and then we'll hear from... He still sounds miserable, but I guess a happy Caleb Porter. Carl, just your reaction uh, you know, to a, losing to an undermanned side, did you think that the guys took them a little a little lightly from the start? Uh, disappointed, obviously, losing a, a rivalry game. Uh, I think first half we played very well, exceptionally well. Uh, we got the equaliser just before half-time. I don't think probably it was a, a fair reflection of the first half. I thought we were a better team. Second half, it was always going to come down to a mistake, uh, a wonder goal or something like that. And when you give a good team like Portland the the lead five minutes and ten minutes in the second half it's very difficult and you know you've got to give them credit so I will give them a lot of credit today because they managed to hang on they keep come up with one or two big saves as well uh, but it hurts well, you guys did give up I mean disappointed on, on yeah. both of those yeah listen very poor I think two very poor goals and that's the thing as a coach is you, you play on Wednesday and we do every little duty correctly individually and collectively and then you play three, four days later, and it seems it's not your day. Uh, and I had a feeling like that as the game wore on, it might not be our day. And as I said, you can't give good teams leads or goals, uh, and we did, unfortunately. Can you uh, explain the little uh, tit-for-tat that you had with Caleb Porter after the game? No, I just said congratulations to him. That was it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe you should ask him. Uh, but I know this staff very well. All great guys. So, no. Third seems a little flat. Yeah. Um, is there anything that needs to be done, or is it just getting Reina a start and seeing what he can do with that? Yeah. No. Listen, I toyed with the idea of making two or three changes uh, in the lineup because uh, we've got really good options now. After Wednesday night, you know, the boys put a lot into it, and after 45 minutes, I thought. You know, it was the right decision, and I still think it was the right decision. But my attacking players were a little bit off. The final balls weren't great. We didn't actually beat any of their defenders one v one, and the and the quality in the final third wasn't quite right. And sometimes you have to accept that. And we 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 will today. Disappointing, you know, it, it does hurt when you lose a, uh, a big game. Um, but credit to Portland, they come into our house and got three points. So sometimes you have to give them the opposition credit. 
Yeah, this is one of these moments, you know, um, that reminds you as a coach um, why you roll up your sleeves and go to war every single day. And there have been a lot of bullets flying, you know, everywhere. And, uh, you know, we brought that on ourselves. But some of it's been just really unlucky, you know, with some of the injuries and adversity, um, you know, that we've had. And uh, I said to the guys, you know, all week and reminded them before the game that, uh, when it's easy, it's easy to be, you know, do things right, and it's easy to um, go out and be confident and play well. And um, it's not easy when results aren't going your way. It's not easy when you have a thin roster. Uh, it's not easy when you're playing different roles than you've played. Um, but the the true professionals, the uh, guys with character, which I know I have a locker room full of them, which is why I picked them. I knew that I'd see the best out of them, and I'd see their best character. And I thought we were deserved winners. I thought our mentality was excellent uh, for the 90 minutes. Uh, started well, scored the goal, responded well after giving up the goal. Um, you could see we had great belief all game long, which isn't easy with a group of guys that haven't played together. Um, and, and so from that standpoint, mentality-wise, um, you know, excellent. I thought organizationally, uh, we're spot on defensively. Uh, we really played well, team defending, and I thought in the attack we were, you know, we were the team that was looking always to be dangerous and running at their back four, even even late, you know. So I thought we were the, had the better mentality. I thought we were the better team on both sides of the ball, and I thought we were deserved, you know, winners today. Jake Gleason always seems to play out of his skin when he he comes to BC Place. Just talk a little bit about his performance today. Yeah, the good thing about Jake is he, he was himself. And what I mean by that is, you know, he's been working hard to improve in some areas. Um, and he has. Uh, you know, his kicking and, you know, our ability to play through him. You know, those are things that we focus on improving uh, with him. Uh, but the problem is sometimes he's gotten away with what he's best at. And what he's best at is he's an unbelievable shot stopper. He's, he's in my opinion, one of the best shot stoppers in the league. Um, and it was great to see him back to doing what he does. And first and foremost, that's keeping the ball in the back of the net, you know. And and um, we had a we had a good talk a couple weeks ago just about making sure that he doesn't lose sight of what he's best at. And I, I thought he showed that today. At the end of the game, was it just emotions running a bit high, or was it just some friendly banter? Uh, it's between Carl and I. You know, obviously shook a hand, and there was a comment, and I didn't I didn't care for it. Especially coming off a result like RSL and coming with the short-handed roster you had, coming here and doing this, how does a big performance, you know, like this, help the team build off it and maybe um, create something? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it's a real positive moment, right? Obviously, we got a great win on the road. We needed it. It's, it was, you know, really unbelievable timing, <laughs> and uh, I don't think anybody expected us to do this and. I think only, you know, maybe 18 guys in the locker room and the coaches were the only ones that really thought we were going to win this game. And uh, we really believed. And you saw that. It wasn't, it wasn't fake. You know, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't me saying, oh, yeah, let's believe. They really, they really thought we'd win this game. And, and that's difficult. I don't know if you guys realize to get guys to believe when, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that haven't played together and, frankly, haven't gotten the job done. Um, so that's a positive. But it's only one game, you know, and that's the key. It doesn't get any easier they got to remember what they did today to get the win, and they got to do it again. That's, that's how simple it is. And 
Uh, what they did today was invest a lot over the 90 minutes. They gave everything um, physically, mentally, and tactically. He is the gaffer. I don't know. Is he ever sounds happy? I don't know. No, not really. I've, I've interviewed him after wins, and he's never. No, he's never happy. So one of the talking points, of course, after the game, there was a, a little bit of a tiff, kerfuffle, kerfuffle between Robo and Porter, and obviously we hadn't heard the TV prod- broadcast by that point. So the question was asked to Robo. Question was asked to to Porter, neither of them wanted to say anything but then when I got home and then I watched the end of the game, they actually picked it up pretty clear Robo goes in and he must say something along the lines of, oh that was a good win but, and, and then, then he pulls walked away, away. Yeah. and then Porter's like, but what but what you have to show me some respect here Carol but what? <laughs> yeah, he should have. And then Gordon Forrest gets involved, and then and then uh, and then they break up Gordon and Forrest and uh, sorry Caleb Porter. They break them up. They pu- were able to push him aside. Martin Pert, I think, actually was the um, one that kind of got in the middle. And then Caleb Porter went after Carl Robinson yeah. again. And then they, you could see again on the broadcast that they were talking again. You couldn't really hear what they were saying. That second time, no. One of the White Cats guys, whoever it was, put his his clips clipboard up to the camera as well so they couldn't even film it but the oh. cameraman got out of the way yeah yeah so it's always a bit of fun you you want a bit of banter the thing is the two of them they're really good friends yeah which folk don't it could actually be a, understand because this they, could be a work folk think there's a real niggle between them or they're going to join bullet club or something oh, yeah it could be a work the what club oh don't worry about it don't worry about it just if okay. you don't understand if you don't, if you don't understand, understand what we're talking about it's either involved. something to do with scotland yes. or don't worry about it or it's wrestling Haggis Club is that what you said? Okay, Haggis, so Haggis Club. Next. Um, no, he. I, I wish he would have pulled the pep and just not like shaking shaking his hand. You know, I wish he'd have pulled a steel chair and whacked him over the head. <laughs> Last thing we'll talk about in this section about the game is something which pissed me off the whole night long was the amount of turnovers and giveaways and passes that were short and the lack of chocolate chip cookies oh no i got one okay, i was happy fine. with that okay i didn't get a white white macadamia nut one okay. i was disappointed with that but the the turnovers no apple turnovers oh. but the, the turnovers and defensive breakdowns really not acceptable even some of the passes there was just the hot power the, like uh, there was just i'm, I'm gonna picking up people are gonna think i'm picking up lava again but i was I gonna just, pick him in a minute so you're good no but his pass once to chera he passed the ball. They were only about well, maybe five yards away. Passed it so hard to Chera, couldn't even get a touch. It just went up in the air, and yeah. they just lost the ball. They lost possession. So there, there was even, and he wasn't the only one. There were other ones that were just laying so much heat on the pass that they, the, the other person couldn't control it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of breaks forward, and then they they square the ball inside, and it would either get intercepted by Portland or just wouldn't go to anyone at all. Yeah, there was a lot of poor passing. Like there was a lot of. Just groans in in, yeah. in the supporter end of like oh not again oh not again, it was it, it was a very very frustrating and, performance and it wasn't in the final third that we they normally have poor passing it was all over the pitch. Yeah. So we talked just a little bit more uh, about the Timbers game, some individual player performances. 
individual player breakdowns, and they kind of did break down Seemed all like over it. the park today, really. Especially defensively. First thing, let, let's look at a glass half full, first of all. Did any players stand out for you that did well? Okay. No, I don't right. see. I, I honestly can't. Uh, no, not, some people didn't play horribly, but I don't think anybody played well. Maybe Jake. Jake got four. Yeah, Jake. You know, got some balls still, into the box. Yeah, he I, was not bad. I wouldn't want. Timmy Parker wasn't bad. No, he wasn't bad. I think he was. Uh, yeah, really no, scraping okay. the barrel now. It's like uh, wasn't no, bad. No, no but, that's, that's what I was saying. Nobody uh, yeah. played ho- well. No, but that's the thing. He was getting praise for his captain's performance and his communication on the pitch in L.A. Yeah. And this might be nitpicking a little bit, but there were times in this game where he didn't play enough of a captain's role. So much so that David Osten decided he'll take a yell card by going to yell at the ref because oh. he didn't appreciate what happened, which was poor leadership and a poor decision. But Tim had kind of not been going at the ref for some of the – Lack of calls or bad calls or whatever. And so David took it upon himself. I don't know what he was doing there. Yeah, it was an obvious yellow card. As soon as he left, yeah. I was like, oh, he's going to get booked. Like, But it could have been one uh, a strategic one, too, where he wanted to pump up the the, the, the players around him. Well, and he also he, he, he pumped he, the fans up when And he when he went back, back and yeah. he got the supporters up off of their feet. He was, like, telling everyone to get up and make some noise. Would and as worked. I tweeted out, it would have been better if they had actually strung some passes together and had an yeah. offensive attack. That, that would maybe do that better. I was just going to say, it's unfortunate when you have to do that during a Cascadia Cup match. You shouldn't I think, have to. I think he was very frustrated today. He has looked quite frustrated for a while. And we'll talk about the, the new goalkeeper later on <laughs> in, in this section. Uh, this is going to be a goalkeeper-heavy section, I, I think. Let's look at some players then that maybe didn't cover themselves in some glory. Matty Laba. Don't want to pile on him. I think the whole midfield. Uh, Just put the whole a package of the whole mid starting midfield together. Yeah. I don't see anybody that... Bola wasn't it. good. Teixeira... Teixeira wasn't was, too bad. He was busy, but his passes again let him down. And yeah. the, there were some stats came out during the week. He's the guy with the lowest passing accuracy in the Whitecaps. But I think he's, is, is the crosses included in there? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why. But he's got five goals and four assists, so I'll take that. Yeah. And I, Montero on top, he was left alone. No. He had that... He nev, had, nev, that, that would <laughs> never happen. <laughs> He had that one chance yeah. in the first half. Where he couldn't poke, the one I was talking about earlier, he couldn't yeah, poke he, it he through, just, it just couldn't, stopped. Couldn't get enough on it. Well, there's yeah. a couple where he couldn't poke and a couple he couldn't get to, and it felt like there was three or four in total in the first half. I don't remember seeing him come out wide as much as he did in there, that first there, half. There were a couple times where he was able to hold up the ball wide and get it to Jake. Uh, but no, yeah, it wasn't as much as before, and he didn't uh, track back into the midfield to pick, get the ball as much as he has done in the past. Any other players that stood out for you for the wrong reasons today? I, I don't think anybody had a horrible game either. The, really, the, it was just all disappointing. I think the midfield was the biggest problem. Yeah, yeah, I think there's been people commenting on the lack of grit and determination. Yeah. Like, this is this is such a huge game. Like, it, it if you don't win your Cascadia Cup home matches you really hurt your chances of winning the cup. And it really feels like that was a huge dent to the, to, to the effort to, re, you know, repeat with, a, repeat with a, seventh, a seventh Cascadia Cup. Yeah, but, I mean, any, any, any home game they should be up for, any derby game they should be up for. 
but on the back of such a good performance or a winning performance in LA, you're just expecting a lot more. And something which we touched about in the first half, or first part, and then we'll talk about it just now, the lineup that was put out today. It's an interesting scenario when you've got a guy on the bench like Brexy. He's a DP. Yeah. He's on big money. That's not a reason to play people. Yeah. It's because of their salary. Looking if you wanted to make some tweaks to the formation, if you want to get them more attacking, get the guys on that play today, get Rain involved, you look at players that might drop out of the lineup. And Tony Chani's one of those players that could drop out the lineup, or even Laba. So then if they drop out and one of them's on the bench on big money, Laba being a DP, yeah. Chani almost being a DP. Very high pass. And you've got Shea on the bench as a DP. Our use of the salary cap is not not good this year. No. And the uh, you were talking about the but I think the if you talk look at the lineup, the guy who I think if you were gonna start Breck Shea, I think it would have been in place of Mesquita today. And maybe play a four four two, play something different that uh, Portland's not expecting, and that maybe would have also given um, Freddie Montero a little bit of help. Maybe Freddie plays the number ten role instead of playing the number nine role, and Breck plays up top. Maybe I mean I I, I had us down for playing four two three one today, but yeah. I thought Bola would be in the middle, and to share on the right and Shea on the left. Yeah, it just seemed the ideal game to have Shea in. You wanted to be attacking. You knew that this was a Portland team that was undermanned. And you wanted to be more physical up front. Because yeah. they, they couldn't afford to take yellow cards or red cards. Yeah. They had, you, you couldn't afford well, some the, stuff. Well, the first goal was always going to be crucial. Yeah. It is in many games. But in a game like this in particular, if the Timbers had gone one behind, with that lineup that they had and all the things, the adversity they were facing, blah, 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 to try and get themselves back into the game would have been a mountain to climb, left lots of room. We could have exploited that. We had to get the first goal. We had to attack from the off. And to give one up so cheaply, and then it just fell into Portland's lap. They got to play the game they wanted to play. Yep. And then after (laughs) halftime, you're given a goal up so early. And again, it just falls into their hands. And they were so comfortable for the rest of that match. And the thing is, is you, you were talking about maybe getting a different lineup to start off the game. Like, Robbo, uh, before the LA game, mentioned on local radio that um, that he was maybe, Reyna would be ready to start in one of those two games. He mentioned that, but it did, obviously didn't wasn't the case. And guys like Davies, who could have made a difference to start off the game. Um, he, but I think... Davies, I understand. Yeah, he played 82 he minutes. just come back, for, yeah, 80-odd minutes yeah. for, for Canada on Thursday. Wasn't very good in it. But, but it's the, had a long gold cup. Yeah. But the problem is the players that were on the pitch should have brought that mentality themselves. And, and like Zach said, you shouldn't have to be um, uh, forced into put it, bringing up your best game against, against a Cascadian rival. I want to go through some, some tweets that, that we had tonight. Oh, there's some good ones. Yeah. This, this could take the, the rest of the two hours of the show, I don't know. Ryan McLeod at Ryan McCoover. He can't put together his preferred lineup just now because he feels the club hasn't signed the right players yet to have the actual lineup that he's wanting. I'd put a poll out on Twitter just to ask what people thought about the, the formation. Did it allow the Whitecaps to play their best players? Like we're talking about Shea not getting on, Reina being on the bench. I mean, it was an attacking bench. You had Ibini, 
who doesn't even get on the pitch. You have to feel he's not going to be happy coming all the way over from Australia. He would maybe accept a substitute's role until he proves himself, but not even getting on the pitch, that's going to be frustrating. So I asked, does the formation allow them to play their best players? 21% said yes, 79% said no. And then follow-up question to that was, does Robbo, do the Whitecaps even know who their best starting eleven is right now? I mean, do, do you feel he knows what the best starting eleven is? Now that everyone's healthy, in the past it was e- pretty easy. When he had that unchanged team for weeks, he didn't have a lot of players to go with. Now everyone's back. Does he know what he should be playing and who he should be playing? Well, they talk about competition all the time. Why not compete for the starting eleven? Why does he need to have a best starting eleven? Change it up once in a while. I don't have a problem with that. But you have to change it up, but you have to have an idea as to who should be on there. Yeah. And I, I don't think sitting Davies, Reina, Ibini, and Shea is your ideal starting 11, especially for a game like this. Well, I think, okay, back five, let's go uh, level by level. Back five, you know who you're starting uh, yeah, five I mean, w- are. Once Waston's back, yeah. then he goes in. Harvey, the spot says there's no challengers. Nerwinski's made the right back his own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And you're, okay, how about your three in the midfield? Do you know who your st- three in the midfield are? Well, see, this is, this then goes to your formation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you go... I'd like to see a four-one-three-two. Okay. I think that would allow you to get two strikers and get a little bit of help from Montero. Yeah. In that case, I would have Laba as my one for all my criticism of him. Because there's no other choice, really. Yeah. Unless you want to do Jacobson and have somebody steady. I like Jacobson, but he's not maybe dynamic. Well, well that's the one thing I don't, I'm, I don't I'm think... sorry. Like, if you're comparing it to Laba, we saw Laba, and you, were, you even mentioned that he looked winded. And that was the oh, first yeah, 10 the minutes. F- yeah, that was the first, the first ten, 10 minutes. minutes. I said he looks knackered so already. So don't you can't say that Laba is very dynamic if he's getting winded in the first ten yeah. minutes. And he's jogging. He's always jogging back. He's yeah, never that's really the like thing that speed. we've talked about so much that's, that really pisses me off. That's my always issue with him. Everybody calling the, they want a destroyer in the back. He he might destroy initially, but if he gets caught out, he'll never get back. Other yeah. other players um, do track back much faster than him. He's not uh, athletic enough to be that. That's you know I don't think I heard you guys mention this, but we were missing Kendall Waston, yeah, right, which is a huge thing. So yeah. if Waston's there, then Jacobson's probably midfield. How many? And is to- how, is Chani left out then? How many players are Portland missing? But then no, no, yeah, yeah. 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 Talk, just Chani would not have been left out. Jacobson would have been the one that would have been left out today. Going back to this whole reward because Chani scored the goal. Yeah, you're not going to then drop the guy that scored the goal. I would have no problem. Dropping I have anybody. no problem. Either, but that's unfortunately how how things tend to be. Got an interesting one here from Carlos A at Nolabertos on Twitter. He says Robo knows jack about the triangle offense. He buys South American players for long balling. Sigh. If he wants long balls, buy an Englishman then. And there were so many tweets from various folk going on about the long ball tactics. Yeah. And how the players on the pitch are not cut out for that. And Especially Montero. Yeah, Montero is not suited to being in a long ball thing. And you've got talented midfielders and then you're just cutting them out of the game by punting the ball up the pitch. Well, and that was one of the awkward things is it felt like Breck Shea was brought on at the end to add height, right? And it, it, it did not feel like a fit. Or sorry, he, to me, he does not feel like a fit as an out-and-out striker. It's hard, I think, for a player like Shea as well to come in with the style that he plays and, and in six minutes, was it? 
try. Oh no, he's seventy fourth minute, so sixteen minutes to try and be that kind of game changer. Um, just a couple more quick tweets here, and then we'll we'll kind of move on. We'll get to some more of them later. There was a lot of debate, as I said, about the the long ball, and going back to the whole DP thing, Hugh Belenis, he says, "I don't run an MLS club." <laughs> <laughs> so we know that this isn't Bobby or Greg Carefoot under a different name because they would be more honest than that. I don't run an MLS club, but I'm pretty sure leaving a DP on the bench is bad use of cap dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, it's hundred percent true. Hugh more Hugh, Hugh's an awesome dude. Rich Halland, Halas seven seven seven. There doesn't seem to be much movement off the ball. He likes two strikers up front. He agrees a four one three two. With Freddie and Breck, and then behind that, Fonzie, Bola, and Yordi. Yeah. That is an exciting lineup. But then you've not got Chani, you've not got Jacobson in there. And I'm fine with that, but is Robo fine with that? Yeah, the only thing with the 4 1 3 2, you need the wingers to drop back and tuck in when defensively. Well, um, to well today it was weird because Bola was playing wide, but he was. So central, which uh, I don't know if it was to give Jordan Harvey more space. Yeah, or... I don't really know where Bola was actually yeah. meant to be playing. Yeah, it was very strange. But the thing is, when uh, Davies came on, um, uh, Robbo uh, specifically gave him instructions to play wide, and Davies and Reina were playing because they switched yeah. to a 4 1 4 1 at that time. So uh, it, it honestly was hard to tell because yeah. the shape was all over the place. Well, at one point, uh, Parker was playing left back. Uh, going with yeah, going Parker so, was really far up the, yeah. the pitch. That was that was in the, the game later. That was yeah. in the final few minutes. They had to push everybody up. Will C at Cast W One Two Three says there's such a gulf in understanding between the defence and the attack that any formation just leads to the long ball. Uh, let's see. any more horrid formation says White Cap Scarf. Players do not suit it. There's yeah. so much more. The best players usually play. But does the formation allow them to play their best? Or are they suited for what the tactics are? Because a lot of people were saying it isn't the formation, it's the tactics. Could be, yeah. I th- I thought they should have just pressed and pushed it forward and not given them so much space. They seem to give Timbers way too much space today. And the, the last two tweets I'll read here. Clement Miranda at Peluco52. What is the percentage of success in designated players for the Whitecaps? They don't seem to spend money smart. And Hugh Belenis replied, I can't name a successful DP beside Laba, who I'd argue should be on Tam anyway, but I'm not good enough at math and MLS rules to make that argument. <laughs> and he does, you know, and like the he more stated, that he tweets, I think he could be one of the, the no, white caps. And, and, and like he stated earlier, he doesn't run an MLS team as well. Maybe he should. He doesn't yeah. know much. So. Um, uh, I think we, we talked about it earlier, uh, a few weeks ago or something. At this point, I'm going to say Eric Hasley's the only successful DP. Eric was so good. And, and that's not, it. Not Barry Robson? No, Barry Robson wasn't. Kenny Miller was. I, I, I think I, Kenny Miller I was. I think Kenny Miller was a Kenny success. Kenny Miller was quality too. And if Kenny Miller had stayed and had these and players got around him. Yeah, he got a divorce. <laughs> no, <laughs> come kidding. on. Man. It's a joke. <laughs> shouldn't joke about that. Because if he did have a divorce, he would still be here. Yeah, no. He oh, man. Hashtag just, divorce for Kenny. He just built a, they just built like their own their new house. Any bears there? I don't care. Oh. Well, there's, there's lots of bears. He plays for Rangers. Okay, that makes sense. I'm going to actually just read two more tweets here. We're <laughs> going to do all these in the fourth part, but I know that Steve's just dying to press this audio, so I'm just going to keep him high. No, on. I'm just ready because you, you <laughs> give me no warning usually, so I'm just ready to hit it. Greg Petrie, our friend of the show at Our Dumb World, 
It seems more like the player acquisition strategy is based on who they can afford, not who fits the style that they actually want to play. That seems right. And the last one. From JB Runquist at JRun14. Freddie can't be left on an island trying to hold up 60-yard punts. How are we playing two DMs and still getting scorched at the back? That's a very excellent yeah. point. Actually, sometimes three DMs. Yeah. With Jacobson there too. And we still get scorched. Yeah. So, we can all agree it wasn't a great performance from the Whitecaps. There were some really, really good performances from a number of Timbers. We talked about one of them, Jake Gleason. Zach doesn't think he had fantastic saves. I think they were. I think they were pretty good saves. Sure, it was a game saving save. I just don't think the the quality, the technique of the save save was that hard. It was not the shot. The ball was not that close to. Was not that far from him. It the pace was. I don't know, medium. Like it wasn't like a rocket. I don't know. Anyway, I think he was the big decider today. I got a chance to speak to Jake Leeson in the Timbers locker room after the game, talking about the match, but also being a Kiwi. And with us now being the, the landing place for all these Kiwis, we had a chat about the new Whitecaps goalkeeper, Stefan Maranovic. What is it about BC Place? Whenever you come here, you seem to play out your skin. Uh, you know, it's a rivalry. Um, in any rivalry you want to do well, but in any game you want to do well... Uh, it's a fun place to play. It's a good atmosphere. Our fans come up and, and uh, you know, they're, they're loud for us. And, you know, like I said, it's a rivalry. Every, every rivalry you want to play, you want to step up and do well. So it's, it's nice to come here and get the three points today. The saves that you made, first half you had a good one from Chani that you turned around the post, but possibly the game changer was the one you had from Shane the second. Did you see much off that or was that just an instinct one? Yeah, well, he hit it pretty well. I was pretty unlucky that the bounce fell to him. Um, but, uh, yeah, he hit it pretty well. Um, I was lucky enough that it was close enough to me I could get a good pour on it and put it wide but um, yeah it was just one of those things where maybe you know if it was a little wider you know it could have been a goal but um, I'll take that and you know fire a little away and um, you know build off it you know When you're coming here not many people gave you much of a chance Caleb talked about like maybe the only 18 folk in this locker room believed that you could do something today when you know that everything's against you does that just give you that added spurt to go out and play freer because no one's expecting much no I mean I, I don't think so I think the only people who thought we didn't have a chance were people outside this locker room we came in to win and we came in and we, and we played to win and I thought that showed in the field and you know you, you're a professional athlete for a reason you're a professional soccer player for a reason because you want to win it doesn't matter who's on the lineup it doesn't matter you know who's out there next year it's uh, it's every game you come in, come in to win sometimes it doesn't go your way and and then you got to look back, rebuild, and, and refocus. But no, we, we always believe we can come here and get a point and get three. Um, you know, so yeah, we're happy about that. Last thing, uh, here in Vancouver, we've just added uh, another Kiwi, Stefan Maranovic. What do, what do you know of him? Have you played much with him? What do you think he's going to bring to this league? Uh, I've only briefly met him uh, last camp. He seems like, you know, it was a really good, really good dude. Um, obviously, he showed well in Confederations Cup. So you know, I think for you guys, it's good. It's nice to see uh, Kiwi goalkeepers kind of making a move overseas too and you know solidifies position as a safe one in, in New Zealand football so you know I'm, I'm excited to see what you can do obviously with uh, with Osted in the pipes it's pretty um, it's going to be a pretty difficult man to unseed and you know Spencer Rissi's a, a pretty uh, pretty great keeper too so he'll come in and he'll better when he, I'm sure he'll do well but you know from from what I know of him he's a good good guy and a good goalkeeper so you guys should be excited to have him okay thanks so much Jake so Jake Gleason there talking about the game and of course the the Whitecaps new signing Stefan Marinovic 
Not Miranovic, as I called him during the thing. It's very confusing, these names. I, yes. I just don't get it. A and I's. But another Kiwi has joined the Whitecaps. We now have four or five if we count Ben McKendry, which I always do. So it's uh, Declan Wynn. Meyer Bevan. Yeah. Francis De Vries. That's him. Stefan Miranovic. There you go. That's, that's a four. Mm, Kiwi. Let's chat about the keeper that's coming in. Yes. Instead of the one that's around a pole. Um, <laughs> Stefan Marinovic. He they signed him. From He played in the German leagues. Division 4 and then Division 3. No, he never played actually in Division 3. He no. did, they just, uh, so just the fourth this year. Yes. Okay. Oh, my. So, so he's coming in, but he is Kiwi. I think he's born in Croatia or something like that. Or uh, I can't remember exactly what that was. But He could have uh, had Milan Borjan. Yeah. I don't think that would what, what? What? Say what? We could have had Milan Borian. Right now? No, no he, was, he, he was born he, in Croatia. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just saying, don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? What do you think it entails for Ousted, for example? Like, we, this guy, I, I don't see them signing him as a backup because they had Spencer Ritchie uh, so, to be the backup next year or even this year. I think he's good enough they, this but year. But they, they had to add someone now because Richie has been loaned to the USL team for the year. Can they can they can't cancel so they that? They can, but they want him to play and then it makes it more complicated for him to go down and play down there. Oh, so what does it mean for Elstad, you guys think? So first off, before we get to that, I think it's nice to have someone who's played for Unterhaking, which is a suburban Munich team. I'm looking forward to hopefully talking to him a little bit about that. Uh, uh Mike Michael, I saw you I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I thought I saw you on Twitter saying Oh, there's nothing to the fact that the keeper coach who brought in Osted is gone, and the one who, like he does for like he did for supporters, fought for Osted. Uh, there's rumor that Osted wants more money. His contract's up oh, this he, year, I think. Right, yeah. or his contract's up. Basically, he wants what, more money. What, what I and, was asked was, is he? Someone said he's. They've heard he's really unhappy here, and I said I haven't heard that. Oh, okay, that's what. Part. And then I said. Although Marius has gone, so that will probably make him a little bit unhappy. Yeah. So that and the fact that he's not going to get the probably not going to get the raise he wants, knowing no. the, knowing the I mean, people from, we know. Yeah. From from what I've heard, he's looking for another increase next year. Yeah. And the people I know, when I say the people I know, we meant how the, how the Whitecaps deal with money and yeah. players and whatever. But you have to also look at MLS on the whole, right? And what goalkeepers get paid in MLS, right? Now. You could be an exception to the rule, like Colorado, go out and spend a lot of money, or you could be like every other club and just have a normal goalkeeper that some games will play great, some games won't play great, that's what goalkeepers do. Instead, we've got David Oosted, who I'm a huge fan of. And so are a lot of people. He's saved us so many points over the years, he's saved us so many games over the years, but let's be honest, last season and this season... He has been patchy. Yeah, there have been times. Is he worth, say, another two hundred or 250000 increase in what he's currently getting? I would say no. Uh, only I have I've, to say that as well. I've never been a fan of paying overpaying for goalkeepers. Not um, when you've got some really good young talent yeah, coming through as I'd, well. I'd rather use that money and spend it on defenders so or a midfielder or something like, somewhere else. So the other piece of this is they just paid $50,000 in general allocation money for to an get an inter- international spot. So we have two keepers that yeah, are taking that Yeah, but they sold that spot. for seventy five, so they've made 25000 profit. Yeah. It's good times. But Okay, so but you still have spin, two. Spin, spin, You still have two. Yeah. Mr. Whitecap's loving you right now. They still have two keepers who are international, take yes. up international spots, yeah. which, is, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And 
The other thing that this does, if David is leaving and uh, Kiwi's taken over as the number one spot, they are they not blocking the pathway for Spencer Ritchie to take up a proper number two role and one day a number one role and blocking a pathway for Sean Melvin? Because I think you, yeah. we all in this room all thought Sean Melvin was going to get... I thought Melvin would get an MLS deal and then him and Ritchie would possibly share some time on the bench and then Thomas Hassel would get the USL deal. But what I will say in defense of that is Paolo Tornaghi was great. He didn't seem to mind. He obviously probably did, but he didn't seem to mind that he was just traveling around and not playing every week. That does not serve Spencer any good whatsoever for his development. He's going to be traveling around the country, not probably going to get a single minute, but sitting on the bench and then not able to really play USL games apart from maybe the the odd home one. I don't feel him being the number two this season and traveling helps his development. But, okay, I, I just want to throw out this speculation, and you guys can comment. My feeling, and I have no inside information on this at all, I think the decision has already been made, and Alice is not coming back yeah, next year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I and, agree. And I think Marinovic is going to be competing with Spencer Ritchie yeah. for the starting spot next year. They're going to have two cheaper goalkeepers. I don't know. Actually, I don't even know how much money. I don't think they would spend that much money on Marinovic. I don't think he can be on that much. No, so they well, I don't think they have that much room. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, will, they will have room if, when it, whilst it gets off the books next year. They could spend that money somewhere else, uh, the cap money itself. But I, I think the decision's already been done. I think Ousted, I have, and I don't have any issues with Ousted even knowing that because I think Ousted is a professional enough to play the way he is, the way he does. I don't think it's going to be any drop off in his game at all. I, I don't know. That be, I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not worried about a drop off in his game. I'm worried about how this affects the, like, the team chemistry. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I, that's I, always I think, an issue. I think they've rocked the boat a little bit with this because, yeah, I. I, I I don't think David was ever going to stay here forever, but it's it's surprising that they're going to – it feels like they might be moving on such a, a player that's so well-liked. And even though if you agree with Michael's comment of his form has been patchy, he has still been like massive in some He's been massive, years. but is he $700,000 no, massive? If he's, if he's, is that uh, what he's asking for? Something like that. It'll be well, if he's, I, I, it's I, speculation. I haven't been in the room listening. Yeah. But, I mean, his salary just now – what I believe is it's been bought down by about two hundred grand. Yeah, and he's looking for another two hundred, two fifty on top of the bought down figure, and what, which it, would take you to about seven hundred thousand. So the makeup figure that they've told us is what three hundred something. I think it's is it not four, three eighty, three sixty, okay. something like that. Whatever it is, four. yeah. So we're away from the numbers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we don't know much about this. So I think you'd be looking that he's looking for maybe seven hundred, seven fifty. And I don't, and like I said, if he was the same amount this year, I mean, he's he's willing to come back for the same amount next year. Then I'd be kind of okay with that. But an increase yeah, at that I point, you have well. to you have to cut ties and you have to yeah. look for somebody else. In a league like MLS, salary cap, everything like that, you hate going on about salaries, but it is important and it is about spending wisely. We've just talked about wasting money by having DP salaries on the bench. You can't waste that on a goalkeeper that. It's going to make mistakes because every goalkeeper makes mistakes. Yeah. And I have faith in Spencer Ritchie to do well. And as Jake Gleason said there, Marinovic is a good keeper, but he spoke very highly of the non-Kiwi, Spencer Ritchie, yeah. from what he's seen so far. So that says a lot. Well, Stefan's ahead of Gleason in the uh, pecking order for... 
for now because Gleason turned down an invite, I think, last year, and it kind of got him knocked off the number one position. Well, that was foolish. No, because he concentrates on club soccer, which for me is way more important. I don't think he's made any foolish mistakes in the last little bit. But although I feel club soccer is important, after the break, we're going to talk about some Canadian national team soccer. Welcome back. It's After Midnight with the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. It, I, I, I understand the voice, but I don't get the position you're in. Right I there. don't get the voice. I don't get the position. <laughs> the, the hand's on top of the head. There. Well, thankfully, there is no cameras in the studio, which is a shame because you're missing some fantastic T-shirts and tops that we're wearing. I, I tweeted them out. So check Twitter, you'll see that. Steve is wearing a, a hippie Darth Vader. No, it's yeah, a, it like what's it called? The sugar... Oh, yes, it's like the, sh- the voodoo yeah. sugar tattoo yeah, yeah. stuff. But Darth Vader. Mm. And Zach's wearing something that looks oh, familiar. come on. And I can't remember what it is. Give me a break. What Are is that again? Is it Minecraft? <sighs> Lego. Something to do with Lego. No. Oh, it's the, sh- the shield from the city of Vancouver flag. <laughs> you're, you're awful. Oh, talking about the shield... <laughs> Do you think there could be a shield reunion, Steve? I don't know. I didn't watch oh. Battlegrounds. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about the supporter shield yeah, for I a know. moment. Uh, and of course, I am what? wearing uh, okay. East Fife playing black and gold. So I am wearing our very famous black and orange top that they came out with in 1996. Promotion winning top as worn by Stevie the God Archibald. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I'm sure people don't want to listen about this. I'm sure no one's listening. It's after midnight. Let's talk about Canada. Yes. The Gold Cup is over for them. For them. Not for the team they lost to, though. Also over for Mexico. Yes, not for the team they lost to, though. No. So, technically, Canada have lost to the Gold Cup winners. Yeah. Which I'm sure it's going to be. And I think Jamaica's a two-time finalist now. Well, I think everyone's hoping. Two times in a row. Yeah, because they did make it the last time. Yeah. Everyone's going to hope Jamaica wins this. Yeah. Let's talk about Canada. Yeah. It was, it was a good tournament. They, they maybe exceeded a lot of expectations by getting through their group. But then they were facing a match which I, th- I feel many people, myself included, really thought they were going to win. It felt a lot like this afternoon's match. Yeah. But the thing is, is people. I think people took, again, people took them too lightly. I think I think fans took them too lightly because they were saw all the previous Even results. Even Daniel Squizato thought that yeah, he Canada was were favourites. Yeah. I, I didn't think they were favorites. I thought it was an even game, basically even odds. Um, it was a coin toss, basically, between the two. Because Jamaica has shown that they're a very athletic team. And if they play a little organized, they can be a pretty decent team out there. The problem is that sometimes they're not organized and sometimes they're running all over the place and they get caught out. But as it shows against Canada and against Mexico, they played an organized game, especially when for Canada when they were up 2-0. Yeah, the the center back pairing for Canada of that was ya- the problem. Yeah, Yakovic, who I I really appreciate, and um, Victoria, Victoria, yeah. Victoria, uh, was too slow. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think the two paired together were was the issue. Yes, I think there needed to be like uh, a James in yeah. there, especially against Jamaica, uh, because he's more athletic. He might not be the tech most technical center back, but he is. And he's a little uh, bit faster than that. Yeah, and a, a guy, I know, Michael, you don't rate him, but Daniel Henry, if he was healthy. Yeah, he's, um, he's played he, nine competitive games since 2014. Because he's been injured. out for a year. He's been injured, yeah. But, I, again, I know you don't rate him. That's why I said that earlier. 
but but I think he could have helped if he was healthy. And obviously David Edgar was missing too. So if you yeah. think of it, Yakovic was I personally think a fifth choice overall. It, it, remember we were talking about going into the World Cup. We were thinking Straith would be a center back in there. Or, or well, he was starts. there. He didn't see the pitch. I, he didn't did see he? the pitch at all. I did feel it or was a bit of a strange lineup. No, you play for for that game. Yeah. it just seemed weird. Tybert playing, Bernier not. Yeah, yeah. I was happy for Rusty. Bringing Laren back in, did that, that upset was a, the chemistry a little bit? I, that I was awful. Yeah, yeah. Like the Kyle, I didn't agree with that. No, I agree. The I I agree with you. I didn't agree with Kyle Laren. Like the it it would be fine if it was if the dude didn't have this other stuff going on. I think like I think that would be less upsetting. But even even the the way they've set this tournament up, and and really they've allowed these teams to abuse this rule. This rule was. I think originally meant to be if you have some players injured and you need to yeah totally and now it wasn't for this yeah nonsense. and now they've turned it into the it's like it's it's a farce especially when you consider it's the continental championship it's like play the group stage and then bring in your ringers for the second or bring in your better players for the it's really bad and so yeah I would have much rather seen Cavallini start that game and and the thing is Canada got beaten by two really great goals. Um, yeah. um, and th- I mean, all three goals the, in the match were fantastic. The first one, obviously, there was a little mix-up with Vittoria. He didn't uh, – it was a bad touch, and they were able to get it through. Um, and then in the second one, Yakovic gave up way too much room. He should have closed down a little bit more. Both goals, you're hoping Maddox was the one that was trying to finish on those <laughs> uh, because maybe they would have missed the net completely. Uh, but, yeah, uh, but Darren did have that chance where he had his hands on his head after 15 yes. minutes. Yeah, when he was, I, I, that made my day. And that was the same position where Davy scored, uh, uh, like where Davy's nutmeg the goalkeeper, and Darren just put it right into him, and he was able to save it. So it was kind of interesting to see that finish there. Yeah. So that is the flash top five. Um, something we did last week. Now I got some audio for it. Your guys, your guys' opinion on this flash top five best performers for Canada. Wait, he's got a notepad. I, I got. I like the girl that works with Arrow. That's sometimes in the flash. Oh, that's not a bad, not a bad call. But, okay, so top five performers for Canada. Number five, Junior Hoylet. Number four, Milian Borian. Number three, Sam Piet. Number two, Alfonso Davies. And number one, Scott Arfield. Your guys' thoughts? I mean, the, Scott, the Scott won, so Michael, I think, is going to be yeah, very happy. Scott Arfield. <laughs> Love him. Yeah, I don't I think bet. I've I don't think I've ever seen you pound your chest like that before. <laughs> I hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I went a little bit too hard. Oh man! So what do you guys think about that top five? Um, oh, I agree they, with your top two. Yeah, I would maybe have had Borian as three. Okay, but I thought Samuel Piat had I really. I would have had Hoyle in the top five at all, but then I don't I th- know who I would have. Cavalli- I I, th- I really like Cavalli. I know he didn't score, but I really like Cavalli. Yeah, but the, the thing is, I, I got this top five, but when I got down to the four or five, it was hard to put. Uh, actually, top four was easy for me. The fifth spot was a little harder, and I thought Junior Hallett. I know he just scored in the last game, um, and he had a chance to tie the game with yeah. that great strike that Andre I say, Blake saved. I say by Blake, but I thought he. While he didn't score in the first three games, I thought his presence on the pitch really pushed the the attack forward. Him and Scott Arfield played well in pushing it together. Ar- Arfield obviously got more of the headlines because he assisted on a couple yeah. of goals and he scored. 
But I thought I thought they like they played really well with Alfonso Davies yeah. in that three strikes like that. Like his goal or what got people excited when he was doing that for Blackburn. Yeah, about him possibly playing for Canada. So it's yeah. nice to see him do it for Canada, and he needs to do it a little bit more often for Canada. So he's that much of a threat that yeah. he distracts you know opposing defenses or he he requires defenses to, to be more to aware concentrated on him. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's funny that he, the team they lost to was Jamaica because. There was there was stories that he might be playing for Jamaica. That was one of the teams he was choosing over. So, oh yes, because when he scored the goal, yeah. the Jamaican Football Federation tweeted out, um, "Good go- a goal for Canada by Junior Hoylet, born in Canada to Jamaican parents." Yeah. <laughs> I thought those players play- played well. Who else did you see that really? I thought Petrasso did well at right back. Yeah. Especially for somebody who did, and defensively he didn't do too badly. No, and even uh, the left back position with Marcel and Sam, those two guys they played well. Um, there were not too many guys that were just. I think the main positions that were an issue was striker because it just didn't get goals. While you said Cavalier did play well, Laren even had a few chances. He didn't finish, but he got let. And center back, center back was the weakest part. Le- I thought, Laren and, then, yeah. and that showed in the in the set pieces goals they allowed all the if time. If we're going to talk about Laren yeah. and the chances he had, he should have buried that header. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, he was not great. The, the other thing, but I, it, as, as has haunted him for the last couple of weeks, just the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Oh man. I also thought Jackson Hamel again didn't score, but he set up Davies for yeah, one of his goals. Yeah, he showed some good flashes. My, yeah. my only issue with him was he in the, against Costa Rica, he didn't show much at all. Right, uh, but uh, I don't but, feel Alfonso Davies showed much against Jamaica. Yeah, and or he, in the twelve minutes, I think he, he might have just got burnt out by then. Well, yeah. if you looked at remember, he is sixteen. Well, they, they also were trying to kick him off the park. Yeah. Well, if you look at the first two games, and I think we talked about this before in previous podcasts, the first two games where he got the goals. There was moments, or especially early in those games, where he did not look great. Like he was walking the ball into touch. He was, you know, missing a pass here or there. Like he, it, it took him like time to get into the game, which against Costa Rica, when they brought him on, I was just like, I don't think he's going to be able to contribute the way they want him to because he yeah. needs to find the rhythm of the game and get involved. But. What what do you guys think of like uh, the way they played and the, the actual tactics and the formation? I thought they played so positively. It was refreshing. For once. It was actually entertaining. Wow. Yeah, and the I actually way, enjoyed watching Canadian games. And the way Squiz was talking about on Twitter that he even at like I think it was he said uh, at the some minute sixty fifth minute or seventieth minute he still wasn't like distraught or concerned or anything like that. I'm paraphrasing. Because of the way they were playing, because of, yeah. of the way they were pushing the ball forward, he's now jumped off a bridge. But uh, yeah, at that point, he was <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, it was like you had people who don't enjoy football enjoying that the game against Jamaica, especially. No, I, I like the way they I like the way they played a lot. And another, you talk about Sam Piet. I know there's lots of people who are like, oh, why don't we just bring Sam Piet here and then he's our he'll be our new Matias Laba because he's French and he'll play for the impact. <laughs> Or he'll just be happy playing He'd be in Spain. Cheaper than Matias Lava. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Now, but he's playing any... in Spain right now. So sorry to interrupt you. Second division. Second division. Segunda, Segunda Liga. We got an email during the week from Randy Dubert, and he was Friend talking of the about show? yeah, long time listener, chat back and forward. He said with the Gold Cup and Canada's strong showing so far, he hopes that there's interest amongst players 
especially someone like Tabla in Montreal, Baloo. to play for Canada. Yeah. Tabla aside, is there any other players out there that you feel we should be courting just now? After the success of the likes of Hoylet and Arfield and Piet and Cavallini, is there anyone apart from Tabla that kind of jumps out that we should be kind of courting? There is one player. Um, he, he's an Italian, and his dad has a Canadian passport, and I think he has a Canadian passport. Um, I, uh, Brian Crisante or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he, 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 I think he went up to the AC Milan thing a formation i think he's a, a midfielder defensive midfielder in fact what is the ac milan formation do you say he went oh the- uh, ac milan uh or uh, like through their training program oh, okay. or that's the, what i meant sorry through the youth system yeah through the oh, youth okay. system right. um and i think he's a defensive midfielder i'm just looking him up right here oh he's a, yeah so he's 22 he is uh with benfica he was sold to benfica and he's on loan back in syria with uh atlanta Atalanta, Atalanta, Atalanta. Yeah, so yeah, so that's who that that's maybe a player that they could because I at twenty two, if you're not on the radar at this point, you probably because you you know the Italian national team. That's there's a lot of competition yeah. every year. There's always an eighteen, nineteen year old, new fresh star that comes up, and right now he's kind of mid mid-level right now so maybe that could, might be somebody that they bring in because he would bring a lot of class to that midfield oh, so man. we're in the final part of this week's show we've been a bit all over the place i know it's it's just, it's, it's been it's a rough day and cheer us it's, up. it's a hot and rough day today. yeah yeah it's warm and bad here. results so this episode of the aft and soccer show is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com your one-stop site for local, national, and international news and links. And a new segment brought to you by them is going to be headlines, where we find headlines from the site. Uh, We're not going to look for the typical headline that everybody's looking for. We're trying to look for something a little out of, off off the radar, out of the radar, whatever you want to say. Offbeat. Offbeat. First headline, unpaid. Italian coaches forced out of Trinidad as questions mount over TTFA monies. So this is a story about the women's Trinidad and Tobago soccer team and their coaches being unpaid for three months. The coach in question, Carolina Moracci. I knew, yeah. And she is, they basically left, they've, uh, they canceled the contract saying that the Trinidad Tobago, t- uh, basically football association is out of breach, in breach or whatever. And they're suing now for $600,000 for back pay. Um, the guy who is basically in charge, David John Williams, um, was somebody who was backed by Victor Montagliani to be the Caribbean football head. Yeah, I, th- um, I think the G is silent in Montagliani. Well, and I also think it's Caribbean. Is it Caribbean? Oh, what did I say? Caribbean, like oh. some American. Okay. Well, I was born in Canada. Um. So, next headline. Afghanistan's unlikely football league. Wait, are we not going to talk about that one? You could, I'm giving all the headlines and you talk whatever board you want. Right. Afghanistan's unlikely football league. Eight teams, 18 matches, one city. So this is just a basically a, a big piece on it was uh, from the Guardian about this one that, that you know football's kind of been outlawed. It was outlawed by the Taliban, so they had to really 
play sneakily and everything like that. But now that they're able to do it, they play basically for three months. It's a three-month league. Um, they play all in one city. And it's 18, like you said, 18 matches. It, it, it's something. It's kind of a feel-good story. And I think, Michael, you read that, so you can talk a little Actually bit about that. I actually read that one, yeah. Uh, interesting. I mean, Afghanistan. Wait, I thought we were hearing all the headlines before we talk about Yeah, yeah we are. Uh, but, okay, so next headline. Hooligans take over Nigerian football, women football. This is a really rough story where uh, a, a goalkeeper for an opposing team was attacked by the supporters of another team. Um, th- things were thrown at her, and basically the game was uh, abandoned. Uh, rough one there. Another one, D-A-Z-N, or Z-N, as they say in Canada, streaming services launches in Canada. Now, this is a story where in Canada itself, it's no big deal because right now it's just NFL. But in Germany, the same company is streaming English Premier League, um, Span- uh, La Liga, um, some other leagues, cha- and they will be doing Champions League next year. And that, they'll, be stre- they'll basically have the streaming rights. And... Does that mean that possibly when it expires here in Canada that they'll bring those streaming rights here and something that people can look forward to? Final headline, Barry Goodwin. Oh, yeah, Barry Goodwin had been playing soccer for 74 years. Not much of a headline there. But the story is, is it's an 80-year-old player who's played in the U35 league like for the longest time, obviously, because he's 80, U35. Um, you 35. Oh, sorry, you, uh, sorry, over over 35. Over long night, long night. Over 35 league, and he's he's been playing for 74 years, and he finally retired due to a little bit of arthritis in his knee. No major injuries, no uh, other issues, major issues, just a little arthritis, and he decided to call it quits. So, th- so this is—is is he calling it quits a little too early? Just because we can't he work through this arthritis? I mean, look at John Thorrington. And this is a guy from Sarnia, by the way. Sarnia FC's. Uh, is this yeah. is this what it's come to, Michael? Is this the first and last time we do this segment, or is this like no? Okay. It's 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 a new segment. The Kings get a yeah. Gotta we just work have, out the to kinks. have to work out the kinks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, well, your guys' thoughts. What do you guys want to talk about are those things? I want to talk about. <laughs> Only story I'm, I'm going to be shutting off uh, uh, Zach's mic while he's like having the Afghanistan time. football. Yeah, league. it's good to see the game back there. Another country uh, like Syria, who's been bombarded, as everyone knows, with the news the last couple of years, but they've done really well with their World Cup qualifying and Asia qualifying. So it's good to see these countries getting the sport back and get some normality back to their lives. No, I hundred percent agree with that. Um, the thing that interests me is the the Marachi story. Um, uh, because she like she seems to always run into these kind of things. I don't know much about her. I have heard some stuff. Yeah. She was kind of before my time. Yeah. Zach, have you heard anything? Yeah, I know the players didn't enjoy playing for her uh, yeah. when she was here in Canada. She kind of brought the team to a level, but then kind of it kind of kaputed at for the uh, The thing is about this is the 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 money was actually coming from CONCACAF. And so the, what what CONCACAF was doing, but the money wasn't coming in time. CONCACAF wanted to pay the coaches directly because they were concerned that the money wasn't going to go to the coaches. Yeah. So th- that was the big story about that. Oh. It, and it's it, it's a crazy story. Yeah, they, they're, they're trying to cut, cut corruption out of football, obviously, in these last couple of years. But, yeah, there are federations where everyone knows they're corrupt and they don't do things the way they should be done. And it's unfortunate. And I'm kind of surprised that uh, – Marachi would go to a place with that kind of reputation. And of course, that was some headlines from bcsoccerweb.com. 
One of the biggest headlines over the last couple of days was made in MLS by RSL head coach Mike Pitkey, who went on an epic rant after his team's recent game and being kicked off from the sidelines. And we actually have that for you now. So if you haven't heard this, we'll play it for you and then we'll talk a little bit about it. The camera's rolling. You have your radio recording devices on. Get them on. This is all I'm going to say about what happened with me tonight. It's all I'm going to say about anything that happened yesterday with Kyle. So no questions about that. It's going to be met with after this. uh, No comment, okay? Here's why I got ejected tonight. And it's on me. I apologize to my players already. I apologize to my boss who's standing back there, Craig. I'm going to apologize to my owner. And I apologize to the fans right now, okay? But... I could have released this, I could have went on Twitter, I could have done whatever. And here you go, Trey, hand him out. When Kyle Beckerman gets fined in a run of play for literally extending his arm, yet the last game that Kansas City played, this pitcher, this happened with their number six, Sanchez, who is a great player, valuable player for them, with his hand around the throat of a player from Philadelphia with the referee looking straight there, look at his eyes, straight there, and then the whatever committee it is that can review this sees all this, nothing has happened. Kyle Beckerman is suspended for extending his arm while the player is coming away from our goal and Kyle is running towards our goal. No goal scoring threat. That's one. Why I got a red card tonight, or I don't think they do red cards for players. Do they, Craig? They just eject you. Why I got ejected tonight. This is the play right here. Fasties out, Trey. We have a player put through on a breakaway. Could have been a breakaway. You see the still frame right here of him in a headlock. In a freaking headlock. Nothing is called. And then the ball goes back the other way, and there's uh, whatever foul it was on Tony Beltran or Luke, or I don't even know at this point, there's a foul called, put them in a goal-scoring opportunity for a free kick. Okay? I am who I am. I've apologized to my players. I've apologized to my boss again. I've apologized to the fans. I cannot, if I do not act the way I do, I can't sleep the next four weeks. Okay? I have players here that over the last couple of games have given me everything, have bought in everything. Okay? Tonight, they've given me everything. The one thing I'll say about tonight is that we were a bit sluggish. And perhaps we were a bit sluggish because of the work that we put in over our last two league wins and the 10, 12 days that I had with them. That's on me. These guys have given me everything. I'm not going to answer why I got ejected, but look at these two pictures. I have two more that got the freaking printed didn't work, so I couldn't print it up. But I'll get I'll get you those slides as well, okay? Okay, now I'm good. Now I'm good. He's definitely good. That was fantastic. I think mm-hmm. more coaches should go to post game press conferences with slides. <laughs> That would just make them a lot more interesting. It'll help the fans too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Visual but, aids help. Like Mike Mike Pecky has been a part of MLS for I don't know since the be- I don't know if he was here at the be- or he was there at the beginning, but if he's surprised at poor, at poor officiating, 
Still. Yeah. I mean, his team came away like, with a 1-1 draw against Sport and KC, so if they'd lost, I would have loved to have seen what, would yeah. have, what that would have been like. Yeah, but VAR is coming August 5th. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out the YouTube chat from Howard Webber about that, then... You missed something. Yeah, it, it was good. Watch it. But things need to change with refereeing. Hopefully VAR will do that. But just wanted to give a hat tip to Mike Pecky. That was tremendous. Great promo. More more managers need to just say it as it is and just, yeah, call out the refs. And I think they need to lay off on the fines yeah. off coaches because fans can see what the referees well, are Robo doing. didn't oh, get fined the last time he went on his big rant. Because so, that was justified yeah. But, like, this, this is the thing. Like, MLS, all they really care about is perception, right? And uh, what most of their clubs care about is perception. That's why their clubs will find their players for saying things they don't want them to, right? That's but, why they'll find coaches when they the, say things they don't like. But the thing is, these kind of rants, this will get on mainstream sports shows, and this will, is a good marketing tool. So maybe use it as marketing instead of worrying about perception. Because everybody knows who watches the game that your, your referees suck. I tell you something that doesn't suck is our wavelength section of the show. And it's time for that now. And I'm not going to do a big intro this week because I want you to try and guess who this is. So that's all I'll say. This is a rap song from 2006 by a footballer called Don't Trade. In the beginning, we were those kids we were those that kids. played on the dirt fields. But with determination, determination, we came from the bottom and rose to the top. We chased and grabbed a hold of our dreams. Now we play on the fields where the grass is green. And we can tell from the looks on their face when they find out what the dream is we chased. They hate. But we as a team have a phrase we say when negativity comes our way. Don't tread on this. To a cold like the roots of a tree Thinks I gain a sport Then why not get on me? Cause I got on my job And made the game ferocious I was born with the drive I got that from your coaches Big hawking dudes Spitting truth in the booth Stop, drop, and roll I brings down the roof Got nothing to lose And everything to prove Don't change the mood Cause we done paid our dues Best to get away For the USA Now we're hot You might think we're sun ray In over your head Southside Be fed This is life and I'm grinding Till I'm dead Think the DJ school This ain't Friday night lights But I got the infrared Yeah And you already know Fakers on the shoes You hide it in the deal And big hoe came through Everybody got your feet Bob your hands Yeah We're recognized We're We're spread for this Don't tread on this don't tread on this. Everybody got your feet bark your head to this. We're organized. We was bred for this. Don't tread on this. Don't tread on this. I'ma just do it like Nike. Spit it so nicely. When I'm done, some ain't gon' like me. I'ma try to say it politely. So it is like I might come across a tad bit feisty. Shake my resume and see what I've done. I'm official like the chick on my AF1. From the slum. Raised off nothing but crumbs. I don't want none And look what I become uh-huh, uh-huh. I'ma just keep it real And my brother's ghetto dream will be fulfilled And on the field Who's gon' show the skills Wheel and wheel for real And snow and feel My balls are real Homeboy, please don't tempt me Or I'll cross you over like
like the great kid did to the grind and shit. Yeah. Please don't tread on this. This is stop and rap with a screwed up twist. Everybody got your seat. Bark your head for this. Real recognize real. We was praying for this. Don't tread on this. Don't tread on this. Everybody got your seat. Bark your head for this. Real recognize real. We was praying for this. Don't tread on this. Don't you let on this Don't wake a sleeping giant unless you wanna see him piss So I'm quick with my feature, ain't seen the fist It be a one hit a quitter, then class dismissed Best to think twice before you try and tread on this Games hard in the streets, kids with no shoes on their feet Winning satisfies hunger, they don't need to eat Yeah, we came here to learn, but we starting to teach Cause we stood in the shadows, now you can see Haters wanna hate, but man, I'm feeling great Thanks to soccer, I'm round more ice than a hockey skate More cash is in the bank, no need for y'all to rake I done cut the yard and threw the trash away In the south we got the game on lock More games than a game cock Contested with bleed block Straight close up shop Don't get it twisted You stacking on wealth You think we tripping? Check the stats yourself Everybody got your seat Ball your head to this Real recognize real We was praying for this Don't tread on this Don't tread on this Everybody got your seat Ball your head to this Real recognize real We was praying for this don't tread on this. Don't tread on this. Don't tread on this. By Deuce, featuring Big Hawk and XO on the AFTN Soccer Show. Oh man. Yo. You Yo. and your flounder love. I'm. We're gonna get the security. Can we? There's a camera in the studio. We just yeah. Got I, I didn't realize that. It's either. a security cam. We're gonna get the footage and release that of you <laughs> and your Deuce love. Look, that is a quality song. And you keep saying I need to Sorry, get more. What? I love that. <sighs> Michael. If anyone hasn't guessed, that was Clint Dempsey. Zach actually guessed it. And so did Chris Harrop at Chris Harrop GK on Twitter. I like that. You want me to get more with the kids down with the... No, whoa, whoa. We have to appeal to all these students that are listening yeah, you, to us. You haven't, you haven't complained. The songs are really old and everything. Like they're from the nineties and the eighties. Yeah, this we, song was eleven years old. This is not. We we have students the in their the dorm rooms right now, looking at their white caps, posters on the wall, listening to our voices, <laughs> putting them to sleep on a Monday morning, and we just want to get down and speak to those. And it's, it's summer, yo. dude. It's summer, dude. There's no students here. Oh, there's some classes. Look, I have my dreams. This is yeah. kids playing basketball. I want to get out. <laughs> anyway, talking to Chris Harp, he also sent a couple of other tweets. About, uh, about the players? About the players, yeah. yeah. One player who he feels that Canada could look at is Tomori Fikayo. Yeah. He, he was, he <laughs> you played, should look at that name again. He, he played for he played for Canada in in the fr- in the friendly against the their U nineteen team or U twenty team where they won. Um, England, in, in, Canada won. Yeah, Canada beat England. England yes, yeah. and, but then he switched and played for the I think their U nineteen, the one that won the championship or something like that. I can't remember the Europe championship. So it's I don't know if he can switch back or not. I don't know what the rules are there. He's played for Canada. He's played for England, uh, but I think it's he not can official. Once. But as long as it hasn't been senior caps. Okay, senior caps. Yeah. Okay. Another possible Canadian player that Chris mentions is Ferdi Kadioglu, who is a Dutch-Canadian kid currently being touted by Ajax. He's worth capping. He's been a starter in Eredivisie last year. Good. Chris, Chris, what are you doing up so late, man? 
tweeting the show. Everyone yeah. should listen to this live because most of this will get cut out. Yeah, basically. This is going to be a twenty-minute <laughs> podcast when it goes out. On <laughs> but we are nearly finished. Unless do you want to hear some more rap songs by Clint Dempsey? I don't think there are any more. I hope not. Oh. Next time Seattle's up here, I'm actually going to speak to him about that. Now, just before oh. we go, I know Zach has a couple of props that he wants to give to some good things that it's happened. Good, it's good me. that you're keeping the, the lingo of the young people there, Michael, the props. Yeah, that's nice. No, I just wanted to give a lot of respect and appreciation to the Vancouver Southsiders for their visual display of support before today's match. Um, the Rising to New Heights display. If you didn't see it, it's on social media. Go check it out. Sadly, the team sank to new depths. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That was my headline on that was unfortunate. the support. But it's, this and, is, and we're, we're six and a half years into MLS, and supporters have been asking since the move to BC Place to be able to do some type of rigging. And the thing that, that was impressive that the Southside did tonight was they finally did something via rigging. And, and it so, worked well. And it, yeah, it came off very well. So, If, if you haven't seen the, the T4, you can go on the AFTN Twitter because I'd shot a video of it, so I tweeted yeah. it out before the game. Yeah, so go check that out. Uh, n- a nice, nice display. nice And nice to see a new deployment technique. So respect to the Vancouver Southsiders, especially uh, Darcy Kerr, who kind of oversees that part of... Uh, their uh, their group and uh, of course Peter the the president and their the monsters on the board and their whole board and their whole group of volunteers who put a lot of time and energy to get that ready um, and I'm forgetting the dude's name but the rigging dude a lot of dudes Clarence no Clint Darcy's not a dude Darcy's uh, uh, no you keep saying dude oh sorry the guy who did the who Jacob. organized the rig, rigging for them, he's an awesome guy who's been trying to help them get it going for a long time. No, it's not. You See, if I'd known, I don't, we could have like finished with six pistols frigging in the rigging. Yeah, that would have worked. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I'll do that in the podcast. We'll end with six pistols. I want to give a props to War of the Planet of the Apes. Great movie. <laughs> Big fan of Planet of the Apes. Got lots of the comic books. Loved the original movies. This last movie is fantastic because you got apes on horses with guns. And that's all you need. Can't beat some monkey magic. Chris uh, Harrop says that uh, he's up playing football manager trying to find ways to fix the mess that this club, that this that is this club. I think he's referring to the Whitecaps. <laughs> Chris, you need sleep. So he's young. Hack, he can't even read tweets. He's because that, that could take forever. Yeah. So just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm part of the movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. I'm down with the kids and on WhatsApp and Twatface and all those things, so find Twat us on that face. as well. And you can read all our stuff, AFTN. Away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Also, the White Cats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. Yeah, you could twat him at that. Please stop, stop using that term. Twat face is an actual. You, Google is twat real? face right yeah, now. Yeah, no. Google it. Google, go on. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Everyone, I'm, I'm Google good. twat face. <laughs> I'm good. Please stop. Okay, don't Google twat face. Stop saying it. Okay. When you do, it just comes up with a giant picture of Caleb Porter. Oh. Anyway, that is it for this episode of the show. Thanks for listening to our last ever AFT and soccer show on CITR Radio. Until next week, if there is a next week, thanks for listening. Take care. 
and mourn their caps. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. 